doubtful mind and melt your cold, cold heart. Tony Bennett's cold, cold heart was on everybody's hit parade. Elizabeth Taylor was getting married. Boys wore ducktails. The police action in the Far East was Korea. And Anarine, Texas, like other small towns, is approaching the end of an era. I heard about the ball game last night. 121 to 14. Must be pretty near a record. What do you think he'd do if he found us? Shoot us, probably. But, Mama, it's a sin, isn't it? Unless you're married, you know I wouldn't do that. <sighs> Don't be so mealy-mouthed. Come it out! Come it out! You've got to be men like the rest of them. Ain't none of you pretty enough to be women. You boys can get on out of here. I don't want to have no more to do with you. I've been around that trashy behavior all my life. I'm getting tired of putting up with it. Oh, quit prison. I don't think you did it right anyway. Just remember when a dream... Honey? What? Lie. I'll stay with her all night one of these nights, too. She done promised. You won't either. Yes, I will. Why shouldn't I? I'm not sorry for you. You left Billy, too, just like you left me. I bet you left him plenty of nights. Whenever J.C. whistled. So long, buddy. So long, buddy. Be careful. I'll take care of the mercury for you. I'll see you in a year or two if I don't get shot. You wouldn't believe how this country's changed. I reckon the reason why I always drag you out here is probably I'm just as sentimental as the next fella when it comes to old times. Old times. Anarine, Texas, 1951. Nothing much has changed. Welcome to Movie Umpers. I am Bob Sham. I am Angela. The sounds you hear may be dogs. And uh, we are at the ass end of November. The last day of November, literally. Leading into December, the Christmas season, though many would say it's the Christmas season right now. Um, I don't, always, don't I, believe in that. I, I always want to hang on to Thanksgiving because I love it just a little bit longer. Um, but I can't. But when it's December, go whole hog. Absolutely. But you cheated this year, and I know you got your explanation. I do have my explanation, but go ahead. We, we had she put up a tree in the house in October. Like what? What the fuck is that? Is okay. Is it decorated like Christmas? It could be decorated like your it Christmas. Is Decorated like Halloween. There is a skeleton on you the would, top. You would put shit like that on a Christmas tree. We have horror okay. icons in snow uh, with their faces in like snowflakes. They're very cool. They're not They're not leaving that tree, even okay. if you put different decorations Those on. got hung up early because I ordered them for Christmas, but it's a Halloween tree. And I fucking... It's the Bride of Frankenstein and Pinhead and Aud- Audrey 2 and... 
They're just too cool that's to not just, hang up immediately. That's what people who are into Halloween would put on a Christmas tree. Yeah, you. they're gonna be on the Christmas tree, but you also snuck, you slip that. Look, it's the fine. The orange you can, ribbon will come down. You can do whatever you want in your home. I know I'm just I saying, can. You slip that. The other thing though is that our our dog is recuperating from a knee surgery, and he's never had a Christmas tree before. And I thought, let's put up. A tree early so you can get used to it. And I've always wanted a Halloween tree. So I felt like I had a good argument. Look at you shaking your head. You don't know what I wanted. A Halloween tree? Yes, people do it. It's a thing. It's also a black tree. And And I did buy it to be our Christmas tree because I wanted a black Christmas tree. And fuck that dog, too. (laughs) You love him. I do. The last day of November. You know, I had an original plan. Our, our theme all month long was comfort food. Absolutely. Which and we, you know what's comforting? A tree. Um, a holiday tree. Um, a Halloween tree. I had this plan. We were going to talk about movies from our youth every Monday. Yes. Which we get a little nostalgic and beyond. And comfort and beyond food. Beyond nostalgic. And comfort <laughs> food also consisted of inspirational movies in which... Actors are playing people with intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. And we've had some real... If you were... For a while, it seemed like we were only talking about good movies. And then it was like, man, we only talk about good movies. We talk, well, this month cured that. <laughs> All right? There's still a few good ones in there. Yeah. But on the whole... This month cured it. I don't think they're... We I, fleshed out the Ds Yeah. This time. <laughs> it was definitely rough to start with those yes. kind of movies. Yes. But my original concept was to do Peter Bogdanovich movies starring Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. The most infamous one being The Last Picture Show. Her, her debut to the world, essentially on film. And what a debut. And the other movies are At Long Last Love, Daisy Miller, and Texasville, which is something of a sequel to Last Picture Show that came out in 1990. Not very, not nearly as popular, not nearly as well regarded. It seems like maybe Larry McMurdy and Bogdanovich, for that matter, uh, were just like, damn, Last Picture Show made us a lot of money. Let's let's write something else for it. I don't know. But I realized that beyond Last Picture Show, the those other movies are so deep cut. They're out of print. Yeah. Daisy Miller looks pretty interesting. But, but yeah, like if you bought them on D, if usually if I don't find them streaming or I don't own them, I'll buy them on DVD. Um, you can get pretty good prices on DVDs unless they're out of print. And those movies I named that are out of print are like 40, 50 bucks to get the DVD. <sighs> a lot. I did find them because they're out of print. I did find them streaming on like Daily Motion, those kind of platforms. Quality very up and down. Yeah. So I just opted to just change the theme, but I wanted to talk about the last picture show. So I reserved it here in this last week, right before we go into December. The movie of a small town. And uh, we hadn't seen it before until now. We'd heard about it pretty much most of our lives. It's been always in my mind as something I would eventually see. I had no idea what it was about. I thought it was about the closing of a theater. Which, that's in there. It is, but it's not like a centerpiece. it's not the thing. It's just about a very... It's not over a sac... It's not like saccharine, nor is it like bitter. At all. Yeah. It's just pretty straightforward yeah. and a pretty earnest representation of a small town that's not meant to be insulting or or uplifting. Right. And in that way, it's like fucking perfect, honestly. Yeah. The Last Picture Show from 1971, directed by Peter 
Bogdanovich, written by Larry McMurdy and Peter Bogdanovich, starring Timothy Bottoms, Sybil Shepard, Jeff Bridges, Ellen Burstyn, Ben Johnson, Cloris Leachman as Ruth Popper, and Eileen Brennan, amongst others. Successful movie, and it was shot in black and white. Peter Bogdanovich, I, I watched a little making of documentary Bogdanovich is all over it. And he was talking about how he was talking with Orson Welles about wanting to do black and white. And Orson encouraged him to just ask the studio. He didn't think they would, but the studio went for it. And it's so fun. There's a picture online of John Houston, Orson Welles, and Peter Bogdanovich sitting at this table. <laughs> yeah. And Orson said something funny or something. And Peter Bogdanovich has tucked his head into Orson's shoulder just cackling with laughter it's such a joyous photo and like you could just tell like boy peter fucking loves him some orson wells he's just like <laughs> it's like a cat like marking himself on you or something but it's kind of a sweet but it's kind of a funny but a sweet photo if if he had not had that conversation and had not asked to do this this movie would not be what it is. The nature, I mean, it, we're not so far removed. I mean, color had existed in movies for decades. Up for to this sure. Point. But still, a lot of movies were shot in black and white for a long time. Black and white film was cheaper than colorizing the technicoloring. Absolutely. And now it's like the opposite now. But this but was made in 71. 71. And the, but it looks like a classic black and white, black and white movie. It's set in the 50s. And there's like casual nudity in the movie. And because it is so convincingly from the 50s, it yeah. feels like, has that feel. When you see the casual nudity, it kind of like throws you. It really does. Because you're... Br- In the most wonderful kind of way. Because the tone, it feels like you're going into some Hayes Code era movie from the 40s or 50s. And then you see in titties and Bush and it's like, oh, whoa. Yeah. It's almost like Bogdanovich made a, a movie from the 50s if... There was no haze code and things were more like Europe or something at yeah. the time. And that's what's so wonderful about it. It was actually on black and white film and everything looks 50s. Yeah. Sometimes you'll run into these movies where it's like made in the 70s and it's supposed to be the 50s and there'll still be like some hairstyles that are like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. You know, but this was like so perfectly 50s that yes, you f- totally forget. And then it feels like, oh, I'm seeing something I'm not supposed to see. And it, you I mean, know, like a slice of life that people don't talk about. And, you know, the 50s is only like, what, 11, 12 years ago from the point this movie was made? Absolutely. And it is there is some kind of trueness to the idea that a lot of the smaller southern and midwestern towns feel a little older. bit older and a little bit like a decade behind like the bigger cities. Yeah. That's kind of true. Absolutely. Um, and so it's pretty easy to evoke that at this time. And they, I thought they did a great job, but, but this movie is also very unflinching at the same time. And if you have been around small town environments, honestly, this feels very familiar. Mm-hmm. They shot this movie in Archer City, Texas. They call it, um, I forget the name. I still can't remember the name of the it's town. Like, excuse me. It's like. Our, 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 
Ar- yeah. <laughs> Ar- 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 arena. Ar- 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 arena. 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 I think that's kind of right. I think that's kind of right. Um, you could probably find out faster <laughs> than what we just did. There will definitely be an image with the name of the town uh, on as we're sitting here. Just You should do one of those little pronunciations. Nanarine, Texas. Arena. arena. I think that's it. Nanarine, Texas. I think it is. We're probably wrong. <laughs> but they shot this in Archer City, Texas, Larry McMurdy's hometown. And uh, apparently a lot of people in the town um, to some of the things in the movie um, were not so hyped on the movie. It felt like it showed a little too much, as you can imagine how small town people would react. But also these actors who, by the way, Bogdanovich separated the actors from the crew. That's so cool. Usually, (laughs) I mean, it caused Bogdanovich to be a a fucking dick to the crew, but... that's not cool, but the end effect is cool. But what it did was, because usually the crew has to communicate with doing lines or whatever. It's a normal process. But Bogdanovich was the, the mediator between the crew and the actors. And the actors are all together. And it lit this effect to where they all had this bit of a familiarity with each other. Because they were constantly around each other, staying at the motel together. Probably all hooking up, doing drugs when they're not shooting. It was probably like Fleetwood Mac up in that shit. As I understand, it probably was. And also, they're shooting in Larry McMurdy's hometown. And they're encountering people from Larry McMurdy's past that are certainly based on characters that they're playing. And that they're interact characters that they're interacting with based on these people. So, you kind of get why this town might take a little bit of things personally. Absolutely. But... But people are cheating, fucking, uh, hitting live, hitting it with livestock in small towns, apparently. apparently. That heifer scene that we'll talk about in a little bit. Definitely Larry McMurdy heard a kid say that shit in his life. But yes, the last picture show. Apparently Timothy Bottoms was madly in love with Sybil Shepherd in this movie. Timothy Bottoms kind of our lead. He's kind of the centerpiece to the web of lives that we're encountering in here. And, um, but when you look up this movie, like in a Google search, it's fucking the character of JC is played by Sybil Shepherd pops up all over the place. She's, well, of course. I mean, we've all known a JC, a JC, right? A, a girl who's so dumb, pretty, not literally dumb, maybe a little naive, but no more than everyone else. But I mean, so pretty, it's stupid and everyone wants her. But then in the long run, you'd realize, the least luckiest person was the guy that actually got her. And Genevieve, played by Eileen Brennan, the mother of Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. I love her so much. She warns Timothy, She basically. says exactly that to him. She's like, the Dwayne thinks he's lucky that he has her, but he's actually not. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, JC, she's playing her own little game, you know, like... I know you were a little angry at JC in this and mm-hmm. you know, um, she's definitely a little craftier than the men in her life. No doubt. Well, the thing about JC is that you see her make a change from being like a sweet, sincere girl to using people. She, she has this trajectory and her mother brilliantly and gorgeously played by Ellen Burstyn. <laughs> Burstyn in these jeans. Good <laughs> That's God. What I'm Ellen doing Burstyn in this movie. Ellen Burstyn shows up. Okay. She, you know, there's this scene where Dwayne is played by Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. I love how dumb Dwayne is. He's so dumb, but he's like the dumb, cute guy. And she's 
madly in love with him. They're so in love. They have not had sex yet. And Ellen Burstyn basically says to her daughter, I wish you would. I wish you would have sex with him so you would realize that he's not that great. Yeah. That he's just a person. Like, there's this buildup. And this is not untrue. Like, there is this buildup that, like, if you haven't done that and you think of that as, like, the pinnacle of your relationship... You can get caught up in that, like, we're going to be together forever. I'm only going to ever love this person. The, these these small town boys that go in and out of JC's life, like, her mom's not mad at these boys. No. She actually kind of likes them, but she literally wants her daughter to just marry a rich guy from Wichita Falls. Well, and her thing is like, fuck Dwayne. Fuck him. Yeah. Like, literally. I love Dwayne, too, even if you don't like it. I don't care. I just hate to see you marry him, that's all. You wouldn't be rich anymore. And then about I don't you care about money. Not you. Well, you're pretty stupid, then. Well, you married Daddy when he was poor, and he got rich, didn't he? Scared your Daddy into getting rich, beautiful. Well, if Daddy could do it, Dwayne could, too. Not married to you. You're not scary enough. Yeah. But then Get it out marry of your someone who's rich. Like, fuck the pretty boy who's poor. But then you you marry someone else. And that's exactly what Ellen Burstyn did. She had love when she was young, which we'll talk about more. But then she married this oil man. And they have a shit relationship. She cheats on him. But the thing about JC is that she ends up going with Randy Quaid to a party in Wichita Falls. And she lies to Dwayne. And as soon as she lied to Dwayne and said her mom was making her go to this party where there was going to be a swimming pool and she'd already been told people were going to be naked. She didn't tell him that part. Yeah. She like teased him by letting him put his hand between her legs and then was like, I gotta go. It's like she's <laughs> stringing him along. And then she goes off to this party with, with Randy Quaid and it's a naked pool party and she decides that night that she wants the guy that lives in this house like the son of these super rich people and she does the she gets totally naked they're all totally naked it's like she walks into another universe where the hedonism is behind closed doors Mm -hmm. in the small town and everyone pretends like they're better than they are but she goes into an area where people have more money have more wealth and it's like hey come get naked at the pool it's just like they have the ability to be a little more open about it. No one can do anything about it. Yeah, and if she does this thing, like if she stands on the end of this diving board and strips in front of everyone, then she's immediately in this group. Like, she's accepted. But what ends up happening is she's still stringing along Dwayne, but she wants to fuck this rich guy, and the rich guy basically says to her, oh, you're a virgin. Come back to me when you're not. Yeah, after he straight up feels her up. He, like, grabs her crotch. Yeah. And so it, then it's her plot to just fuck Dwayne so she can dump him and go hook up and with the rich so guy. she's so mean to Dwayne. And the first time <laughs> that they try to have sex, Dwayne can't do it. And he keeps telling her, what's the matter? Aren't you going to do it? I don't know what's wrong. What do you mean? How could anything be wrong? Just go on and do it. the matter with you i don't know i don't know something's happened something's different something's different it's because she doesn't love him anymore yeah. she's just using him and yes Dwayne is a little bit dumb but he really loves her and he can tell it's not right Dwayne from to the very end of the movie never not loves her oh, and it's never. and it's kind of like sad and pathetic in that way the way he's hanging on mm-hmm. Um, but she really got her claws in deep into him. Yeah, she did. But um, now the Timothy Bottoms character, he's a great character. Timothy Bottoms, 
Not as prolific a role since as he did in Last Picture Show. He did so good here. That's but. almost one of the things that makes this so interesting and wonderful is that I don't know him from anything else. He did pop up in the 2000s in that Trey Parker, Matt Stone, a spoof comedy about George Bush called yeah. That's My Bush. One of these days, I'm going to punch you in the face and then the stomach and then the face again. Yeah. Because when Timothy Bottoms got older, he kind of looked like George W. Bush. So that lent him a few roles as like a stand-in for that character sure. in certain certain movies. But he's the web of this town, and he's having an affair with the high school coaches. By the way, this team is so laughably bad mm. at sports. Like I think they, I think uh, Sam the Lion says, like, yeah, you guys lost one hundred forty-one to fifteen, like an insanely like Can I farcical a- score. I feel like I need to finish a couple of the sentences you said. Sure, always. Timothy Bottoms, played by Sonny, is caught up in the web of this town. Sonny, played by Timothy Bottoms. That's what I meant. And <laughs> he is not having an affair with the coaches. He's having an affair with the coach's <laughs> wife. <laughs> this is why finishing sentences is good. Uh, but the coach, like, sets him up. Like, he basically goes to Sonny one day and says, Hey, I'll get you out of civics class tomorrow if you'll take my wife to the doctor because I don't I don't want to go. Well, it may, maybe the viewer has missed it over the years, but the, the coach is kind of suddenly oh, yes. portrayed as a closet homosexual. Yes. They, without saying it, they very much hint at it he kind of grabs just one boy's butt yeah yeah and then after Sonny takes his wife to the doctor she's crying she's a very emotional person the thing that i feel like is really wonderful about cloris leachman in this role is that she's very emotional she hasn't felt anything but sadness in such a long time that she doesn't really know how to feel anything but sadness and she's crying talking to Sonny, and he says... Is it something bad? No. Something. Very. He says something about the coach, like, can you talk to him about whatever? And she just looks at him and she goes, you don't know. <laughs> and basically she's saying, like, you don't know he's gay. Without saying it. Like, we right, don't right. have a relationship. He's eccentric, how they might say it at a small town. And, you know, they, they see each other around town, and they Begin- they start having an affair. And through the course of this, Cloris Leachman is one of those women who, in our minds, she's always older. You know? But she's, she's she's you know, maybe in her 40s in this movie. But she's a younger woman. 40, yeah. And she's But she's one of those ladies who has, like, a very, like, from the mountains, small town, angular potentially very harsh look to where they look old when they're in their teens like they just they always do i know people like this we have people like this in our family when we meet cloris leachman she looks like in like an image of a woman from like the great depression yes Yes. and then as the as the affair continues she looks more lively looks more modern she actually genuinely looks happy oh and the whole town they know knows everyone of course they know everyone knows and even at one point, Genevieve, without saying it, looks at him and says, you need to be careful. I don't want you to get shot. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, How, what are you talking about? And she's like, Sonny, 
everybody everybody knows everything you know she's like the mom of the town and sam the lion is the dad of the town and sunny is the heart of the town or something or sam is the heart of the town but they're like they're like these people who are so specific that you feel like you know them and they are like stereotypical but not in a in in a in a What's the word I'm looking for? It's so genuine. It's not. It's not tro- a trope. It's not yeah. tropey. Yeah, it's not tropey. It's it's real. There's this desire through characters, especially with Sunny, that there is this desire to leave this town, but but it's not out of like anger. Not right. this, well. Sunny's a little mad at some things by the end, of course, and rightfully so. But like, there's but there. I mean, and I grew up in an environment that wasn't even really a town. It was like an unincorporated place. And I felt like I really had not much choice but to leave to to find much of anything. Right. But it wasn't a matter of being embittered. Or maybe when I was younger, I was more embittered. But as I get older, you get a little more perspective. You're a little more grateful at what you look back on. You know, the, the anger slips away and you're just kind of more worried about your own mortality and future. Sure. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your forties. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's just pointless to get mad at the things you're mad at in your twenties. Yeah, but the the desi- there's a desire to leave, but it's not necessarily out of ain't hatred. No, you know. Yeah, and that's what's important to consider. I mean, the, the, this movie strikes such a balance. It's just unapologetic. It's one might interpret it as a as a condemnation but it's really not but it's mm-hmm. not lifting it up either it's just kind of a, it is what it is there's very few depictions of a small town that feel really real this is why i want to watch his other movies i don't know if they're all set in small towns i don't think so but i but i like his approach to things and i know maybe his other movies are not good cuz they're not around i don't know you know but, they're up and down but he fucking nailed it with this one he fucking nailed it with this one uh Paris, Texas, yeah, the to Vin me, is a really good example of that. Uh, David Lynch is amazing at the small town kind of mentality, even yeah, though yeah. Twin Peaks does kind of have like these comedic moments within Blue, the darkness. Blue Velvet is, Blue a, Velvet. is a small town neo-noir. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's in those moments. Those are kind of my favorite kind of movies, the ones that are really real about it. So the character of Sonny... Um, well, once JC, <laughs> it's really interesting because JC actually gets, it's hard to say who's seducing who, but her mom is having an affair with this guy named Abilene. Yeah. And Abilene comes over because JC, that guy she wanted to marry from Wichita Falls. Married someone else. Married someone else. After fucking her. So Abilene comes over to hook up with her mom, but she's there and she immediately is like fawn eyeing him, right? She ain't home. No. Your mama went to the club. <laughs> what are you doing home on a Saturday night? She actually has awkward sex with her mom's fucking boyfriend. It seems like it's good until after and then he's shitty to her. Yeah. Like it's fine. Like he takes her to the pool hall and they have sex on the pool table. But She's then, the victim of his shame. Yeah. And then so he drops her off and he's like rude to her and she goes into the house and her mom gets up because she well, thinks it's Abilene. she hears the truck. She knows the sound of Abilene's truck. Yeah. JC walks in and then JC's just like, I don't know why you go with this man, Mama. He's terrible. This scene is fucking great. Brilliant. Because J- Ellen Burson, 
she's not mad at her daughter. She doesn't miss a beat. She goes from being excited to getting some dick to realizing that her daughter had that dick. But she's not mad at her kid. She immediately goes into mom mode, comfort mode. And it's actually a very, like, warped but sweet-ass scene. She, like, pours her a glass of milk or something while they're talking about how this man is a piece of shit. You know? And... She also is like, I'm never going to find anybody. There's no, there's nobody. And it's like, you're 18. Yeah. And Dwayne. But that's the, but that's the, that's the thing though. You're in a small town. It's like, you have to find someone to get you out of that town. And Dwayne is off working the rigs. They've broken up at this point. Yeah. Uh, but Ellen Burstyn, um, she informs that like Sonny has been sleeping with Ruth. And JC's the only person in town who did not know Somehow. that. But that's exciting to her because it's like, oh, he's been fucking an older woman. Like, yeah, I need to get him because her whole thing is she wants what she can't have. That rich guy was dating this girl named Annie Annie, which is who he actually married. Yeah. But he already had a girlfriend and he had all this money and she thought she was going to steal him away. Right. And then she's going to steal her mama's boyfriend. Right. And now she's going to steal Ruth's boyfriend. And she just she wants what she can't have. And as soon as Sonny is all in on her, she doesn't ever fuck him. She just drags yeah. him along and has him buy her. He says they go out for Mexican food. And Yeah, that's what he says he to Dwayne when Dwayne confronts him about yeah, it. Yeah, he dumps Ruth without a word. He just doesn't go back to her house anymore. And Dwayne shows up in his new car that he bought working these He's oil rigs. ghost Ruth. It's not even official No, shopping. he just leaves. He just doesn't go back. And he and Dwayne get in this big fight over J.C., so, you know, Leroy last week said he thought uh, you and JC had been going together a little. Yeah, we have, little. She's been kind of bored, so once in a while we go out eat Mexican food or something. Well, I hear that ain't all you've been eating. Well, whoever told you that don't know what he's talking about. Sure, I've been going with her, why not? I never said I don't blame you for it, I don't blame you much. I thought you'd do me that way, I thought we were still best friends. We are. What you so mad for? I never done that to you. Well, I guess screwing my girl ain't nothing to you. I ain't screwing her. Hell, you ain't. Dwayne busts his eye, and I thought he was going to lose his eye, but it ends up just being a little scar. It seemed like having a whole patch was melodramatic if you just had a scar there right there. comments that were like, I only have one good eye. <laughs> like, they <laughs> yeah. said that. So it was he like, ended up being okay, sense. though. He ended up yeah. being fine. But when he had gotten in this fight over her, she goes to him, and she's like, let's get married. Yeah, they go elope. And so they go elope, and they're driving in the car back, and he's trying to, like, put his hand up her dress because, hi, they're married now, and they haven't still had sex. And she starts going, geez, wouldn't it be terrible if the cops came and got us? (laughs) And he's like, well, how would they ever know? And he's just like, I don't know. My parents might send them. I had to leave a note. And then the cop comes down the street. She is visibly... More excited at this cop car <laughs> turning around to pull her over than this man whose hand is up her skirt. Yeah. Like, she doesn't give a shit about Sonny. She's using him for attention. Mm. And so now she's getting the attention from her parents. Let's talk about Sam the Lion real yes. quick. Sam the Lion, he's the father. He he owns the, the, the movie hall. theater, the pool hall, and the, and the cafe. And he's just kind of this, uh, he's played by Ben Johnson. Fantastic. So good. I heard that, uh, Bogdanovich said that Ben Johnson was resistant to the amount of lines that his character had. And I think that monologue was like the one thing that maybe Bogdanovich didn't budge much on. But I, 
I'm not. I think Ben Johnson might have stripped down the lines of his own character. Well, if he did, he did a brilliant job because we've all known this guy too—the like strong guy who doesn't say a whole lot. But if you can get him to tell you a story, yeah, which is what happens in that monologue. But it's amazing. Ben Johnson is basically the father figure to Sonny and to a lot of boys, but mainly to Sonny and this boy named Billy that Sonny looks out for. Billy, as it just so happens, our theme this month being comfort food and the type of movies we're discussing. Billy is a simple boy. He's uh he's doesn't talk. And he just is he's slow. He's probably got yeah. a low IQ and he's mute. There's a uh, one point where they go to get Billy laid and they're with these like country ass kids. Oh, and first they're talking about let's go fuck a heifer. Yeah, literally like pussy's pussy. Pussy's pussy. Let's go fuck a heifer. Like for real. Yeah. And I've heard about this in West Texas like mm-hmm. I've seen old PSA signs, you know. Pussy, pussy. Apparently, people uh, there have to be public notifications to not fuck your livestock be due to STDs and stuff like that. So, fucking wild shit, you know. It, it try that in a small town, and I think that's what Jason Aldean means. Come fuck your livestock here in a small town. We like that. Pussy, pussy. We're into that. I think that's what he meant by that song. But they eventually decide not to do that and not to go try to. Buy someone for them all to sleep with. Good old Jimmy Sue. But let's call Jimmy Sue the big, rude, brash woman who, (laughs) I can't remember where she works, and we're going to pay her, because she'll be cheap, to take Billy's virginity. And Billy uh, busts way quick, and then... Jimmy Sue punches him. Punches him. So So they go back to the pool hall, and Sam the Lion sees... Billy bloodied. Which one of you bloodied his nose? I've told you all not to fight with Billy because he don't understand about fighting. What happened, Sonny? It weren't none of us, Sam. No, it was Jimmy Sue. Jimmy Sue? How'd he get messed up with her? We all chipped in and bought him a piece of ass. Thought he was getting tired of being a virgin. She got mad about something and bloodied his nose. You boys can get on out of here. I don't want to have no more to do with you. Scaring a poor, unfortunate creature like Billy just so as you could have a few laughs. I've been around that trashy behavior all my life. I'm getting tired of putting up with it. I don't want your patronage no more. I don't want your... And Sonny's there, too, and you can tell he's especially disappointed. And Dwayne's there, too, but he's hiding in the back He's hiding in the truck. And And then then later he goes... Good thing I was asleep. I want to still be able to play pool. He's such an asshole. This whole night was sparked off because Dwayne got fucking ditched by JC. To go to that party. To go to Wichita Falls. To get so naked. That's what really got that whole night going. But um, Randy Quaid really thought he was going to get it in with her, but she just used him to get to that party. So I think it's with the help of Eileen Brennan's character that Sam... Uh, forgives Sonny. Not the other boys, though. No, not the and other boys. And they shouldn't. So then we get this scene where Sam takes Sonny and Billy to this little pond lake. They go or, fishing. And he talks about how, you know, talks about what the things that kind of change and don't change. And he talked about how, you know, after his... He, impl- he says that his children died and his wife lost her mind like he lost his wife. And, and it's only in a passing line that he even says that. So Sam's, there's just this guy who's 
lost an incredible amount. And But he talks about how he used to go with this girl. Me and this young lady was pretty wild, I guess. And pretty deep. We used to come out here horseback and go swimming without no bathing suits. <laughs> One day she wanted to swim the horses across this tank. Kind of a crazy thing to do, but we'd done it anyway. She bet me a silver dollar she could beat me across. She did. This old horse I was riding didn't want to take the water. But she was always looking for something to do like that. Something wild. I bet she still got that silver dollar. Boy, if she, you know, if she came back to me today, I'd probably be just as happy then, right now, as I was then. And Sonny asked him, he was like, why didn't you marry her? And he goes, well, I wanted to, but there was something about he had to go away for a bit, and when he came back, she was married. Yeah. Sam the Lion passed, Yeah, so. they, they go off to, uh, Sonny and Dwayne go to Mexico, and then it, the, everything moves so quick in this movie, it's like we span through a year pretty quick. I love the way they flip too they'll just say something like oh he's been going with ruth for six months and then you know it's six months forward they come back from mexico and they're just told that sam the lion is dead and he's left the pool hall to sunny genevieve the diner and this little old lady that runs the movie theater he left her the theater she's not very confident in it though so when um jc's parents are forced to the annulment between her and sunny there's a conversation between JC's mom and Sonny, and you can tell that JC's mom actually really does like him, mm-hmm. but like she just wants her daughter to be a yuppie, right? They managed to make the connection that that Sam the Lion, that she was the one that Sam the Lion would bring to the watering hole with horses, and she was like, "Oh, he told you about that, huh?" And um, and you kind of got this bit that like it really meant a lot to her. To know that he was that still, he's yeah. that she still meant a lot to him. It's such a heartbreaking small town thing as well, which this shows so perfectly. The these two people should have been together, but it just didn't work out. And but they never stopped loving each other. But they have to see each other all of the time. Yeah, and there's like. They haven't spoken probably in 20 years, but they're still in love. Yeah. It's kind of so weird. Like, in a way, it's sweet, but in a way, it's another way. It's like, what good does it do? Why exactly. can't you just be in love? You yeah. know? So, you know, after Sam the Lion is gone, it seems like what's left of what's worth going to in the town is fading out. Sonny, yeah, Billy gets in a horrible act. Someone hits him with his car, and Sonny ends up passing away they kill the poor billy, billy billy passes away billy gets hit by a vehicle um because billy would always sweep the street and sonny walks up on the broom and he sees this circle of good old boys basically like making excuses with each other about why this isn't nobody in their fault going real hard right out in front of that station christ didn't trucker didn't have a chance out here all the time doing something. I can see it 
figured nobody'd be in the street. What's he doing out there anyway, carrying that broom? Oh, he weren't doing nothing. He's just an old simple-minded kid. Sorry, Never Sorry, had no sense. Your fault. Hell no, mister. I can see that. He was just a dumb old kid. There was good. Good enough to keep his ass out of the cold morning like this. And they're downplaying the kid. And this is kind of familiar to me, like this little microcosm and this primordial representation of some good old boy bullshit and how easy it is for people to kind of, you know, the only people that are going to be left in this town are these old timers with nothing to do, right? Yeah. So they're sitting here just talking each other up about how this boy just ain't got no sense. And, it, and they ain't worth nothing. And they're like, let's just go get something to eat. Yeah, they're just going to leave his body in the middle and, of the street. And who cares? And Sonny, like, yells at them. He's like, he's just sweeping the street. And he pulls his body away. But, like, they don't care. And they're gone. They go to the last movie oh, right. is playing Before at the that. picture show. It's shutting down. And Dwayne's come home and he's about to have to go off to the war. And it's funny because Dwayne is like, he still asks about J.C., and her and Sonny are way over at this point. And Dwayne and Sonny make up completely. And, and Dwayne is like, you never slept with her, right? Like, he's still hanging on. He's still making sure. And they go see the movie Red River starring John Wayne. It's the last movie at Sam the Lion's picture show. And, and Billy was there, too. That was before. Oh, yeah. Yes, because he always would sit up in the up where the projector was. And then that, and then, at, so we're reaching the end, and that's when Sonny goes to talk to... Ruth Popper. To Ruth. This scene is so... This scene broke my heart also. A lot of parts of this movie broke my heart, it felt like. But, you know, he says, can I can I have a cup of coffee with you? And she lets him in and she starts to do the coffee and, and she says, I'm, I'm sorry I look like this. Like, I'm sorry I'm not all dressed. And then she throws the coffee against the wall and she turns on him and she's like, why am I apologizing to you? I've been apologizing to you in my house alone for six months. Like, you just left me. You didn't think I was worth an explanation. I'm just some old, ugly woman, you know, and ends up, he just listens to her. He just lets her get it all out. And she's mad. And she's like, you can't just come here because your friend is dead. And then he, he, he grabs her hand. And in that moment, there's like this, this like sad, sweet desperation where they both just look at each other and realize like, we don't have anybody else. There's nothing else for us. There's no one left. And she just looks at him and she's like, Never you mind, honey. Never you mind. Never you mind, honey. And you know they're back together, but it's so different than it was before because now they're just sad. Yeah. And that's the last picture show. Um, uh, also, check out the porn parody, The Last Glory Hole. Oh, yeah. Man, you know your town's in trouble when it can't even keep the glory hole open. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Also, in that movie, Ruth Popper is played by Clitoris Leachman. <laughs> it's really good. And just as sad. Sonny's her stepson or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, um, we're gonna let's 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 rate this movie now. Yeah. All together now. (laughs) Come on, this movie's so fucking good. It's a five. It really is a classic American movie. It is. I don't know why it took me so long. Took us so long to get to it, but it is just the the emotions, the way it's displayed, the 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 heart and the heartlessness. It's 
the strikes maybe one of the best small town movies you will ever see that and the last glory hole both just top notch top notch so and look i think i already we already set it up now i've been shifting around the our uh, reviews uh we've got the the movie separated in their specific number but when it hits s tier or f tier it's just all the straight line and yeah. this is i'm five you're a five this is this is movies don't get much better than this no part. no this is so amazing pete this look near the bottom there also i've shifted the s tier ratings i've if you basically clear a nine you are s tier so in that sense the movies uh tangerine mm-hmm. bride of frankenstein and out of the past are now s tier Absolutely. And you pulled a few out, right? Because, like, Crimes of the Future. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that made... That didn't make S tier. Okay, good. But that did get lowered. Uh, some's got shipped around from our original scores. We said we were going to do that. But uh, but you can go through later and shift around the way you might want to adjust sure. things yourself I later. I trust you. But our scores are right now... Many are, but a lot of our movies, maybe we were like... Maybe we were too... Hard on this one. Maybe we're too hyped on it. The more we do this, the more refined we get in what we're looking for and and what is good to us. There's a lot of stuff we watched early on that I think we gave a higher score than we would now just because we were being nice or something. <laughs> but the last picture show, easy S tier. Mm-hmm. Easy. No no hesitation there. Uh, and Bogdanovich, you know, he's at least got one masterpiece under his belt. Good, good stuff. I wouldn't mind watching this again soon. I just felt like there was so much to grab onto here. Um, the little nuances, the emotional turns. The camera's not afraid to get into characters' faces as they're experiencing certain things. It's both comical and endearing. And it's just good shit. Yeah. So check the show notes for links to other places to find us. Let us know. Surely you've seen Last Picture Show if you're a movie fan. We're not movie experts, we're movie fans, but we are getting there in terms of uh, getting better at talking about movies. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment, tell us what you think have, about Last Picture Show or Last Glory Hole. Who's your favorite character in Last Glory Hole? We love you. Life to all lovers. Entering high school, we love you, love you ever so grand. We will always be so loyal to the man. Whether in defeat or victory, we will always be true. And we'll fight for you. I say a heifer beats nothing. Pussy, pussy. <laughs>